And we are back with the bank. Back again. Back another week. Back to talk about one of the best shows on television, on HBO, of course, which keeps on just delivering another one. Shout out to DJ Khaled. Shout out to the boy. Uh, my name is Jibs, and I am joined by my friend Jerry. Hi, guys. To talk about Barry, one of the best shows on TV right now. Season four. I always fuck this up for some reason. Season four, episode four, called "It's uh, It Takes a Psycho," which was written by Tyofik Kolade, Alec Berg, and Bill Hader, and obviously directed by Bill Hader. And yeah, this is kind of what we're going to talk about today. I really enjoyed the episode. Kind of, you know, forgot that Barry was only half an hour um, episodes, and I was like, oh, shit. I mean, this is sort of like such a nice, smooth watch. And uh, I guess we, yeah, we'll talk about that. Anyway, Jerry, how's it going? How are you? No, it's good. It's good. I'm good. Um, I was away for a few days, and I'm back in London now. Um, I'm actually going back. I'm going again tomorrow, but it, it's weird. But it's been a, it's been a cool time. Wait, did you binge the first three episodes or the first four episodes? Yeah, I had to. That, that's probably why you forgot. Yeah, like for us, it's been it's been a constant reminder that it's only thirty minutes of content every week. Yeah, it's it's been one of because I've been kind of busy with um, exams and everything. This might actually be my first episode I'm recording after post exams, mm-hmm. and um, oh, of any show, of any show, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I'm sort of yeah, thrown back into the fire bunker. That was like no, no holiday for you. Straight back <laughs> into it, you. I'm good. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> But yeah, Barry, um, and before we actually get to the episode, let's do some housekeeping. Guys, um, obviously don't forget to rate, review, subscribe into the Popcorn for Dinner podcast on all our platforms. We are around on Spotify where you can, you know, review, drop us your ratings, give us your comments. We're about on Apple Podcasts, which is the most glitchy podcast app, but you know, whatever works for you works for you. We are on YouTube where you can see our faces at the moment. You know, we need to give you that video content, you know, show us our respective trims or our <laughs> hats that we're using to cover our trims. Um, we're everywhere, man. On Twitter, you can follow us on the Popcorn for Dinner pod on Instagram, Facebook, the lot. Um, obviously you can comment on all our posts, drop us a DM. Obviously drop us a DM for other reasons if you want to, but you know, I'm not judging or anything. What do you mean, other reasons? Listen, <laughs> we're living in the cost of living crisis, man. But you need to, we need to help each other out one way or the other. But that is not the point. That is not the point. But point is, please, yeah, subscribe. We do have a lot of things coming up. I should mention, actually, we still have Succession going on, another HBO affiliate going on. We still have Rain Dogs. Um, I think the Mandalorian is still going on as well. <laughs> I've been so out of the loop with like TV shows, man. And we do have some exciting stuff coming up as well, like some really, really cool shit coming up. I don't really, I don't want to spoil for you guys, but yeah, you guys should keep, you guys should watch this space because yeah, we are, we are cooking right now with some, with some hot butter right now. I'll tell you guys that. So yeah, let's get on to the podcast. Yeah. So, no. okay. Jerry, what are your first thoughts, your initial thoughts on this episode? The very first thing is, should we take it personally that Crystal's first few lines, he goes, this is what happens when you hire two guys on a podcast? <laughs> I literally... <laughs> Gosh, I don't know if I was... Because Berkey and... If I had to be, like, annoyed or 
amused by that by that comment because I was like, excuse me. No, I loved it. I I, <laughs> I was dying with laughter because Baki and I talked about it last episode, and we just and then Christopher just says, it, "I'm just like, yep, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Like it, everything that can go wrong will go wrong." Yeah, that was that was incredible. It, that was so self aware, but just incredibly funny as well. <laughs> Attacking all the podcasters, but, man. <laughs> but yeah, I think this episode we were talking about how last one was funny and this one was funny too for like a good few minutes but it got very dark very quickly very very (laughs) dark man in different ways as well yeah i'm still i'm still like taking in some of the things that we've had to survive with this episode who do you think had the roughest episode like who do you think came out of that episode the worst first of all Really? As in, when you say the worst, do you mean who had the worst outcome or who came out in the worst shape? Who had the worst outcome? So that's what I'm saying. I think the worst outcome, Christopher, for sure. But the person who <laughs> is probably in the worst shape, sans Barry, is probably Gene at this point. What about... Maybe even Sally. I don't know. Maybe even Sally. I was even going to... I was going to say um, Fuchs. <laughs> Everyone is just... Oh. <laughs> Everyone is just losing, man. <laughs> Every single. It's so person. funny how we just all have like different answers, and you can kind of argue your case for each one. So, I mean, yeah, we can do that. Who should we? I guess we could start with Chris Jean Kuzner then. No, before we even go there, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah, and it's like, at what point did you realize? Okay, we're not gonna see Barry for most of this episode until maybe like the end. Good question. Yeah. Um, it was it was kind of cool to just let for Bill Hader to just kind of let the other characters um do their own thing, to let the other characters cook. Mm-hmm. And I mean it kind of worked because the whole or the background of the episode was Barry has just escaped and he's let loose, so it sort of played into the entire mystique of where is Barry and everything. And all the yeah. other characters are basing their actions on, you know, what if Barry turned up today? And the whole myst- <laughs> mystique of Barry's missing and everything. So I did, I did like that. I did like the fact that other people got their chance to shine. Same. And then I found it like, cause in, when we were recording the episode three one, Banky asked how we would feel if Barry died. Mm-hmm. And while we didn't conclude on that, the one thing we did conclude on was there's enough content and there's enough storytelling with all the other characters that we can have episodes without Barry. And that's basically what we got this time. So that was, that was one of the first things I picked up on as well. I really like episodes. I just like sometimes, I just like episodes just out of the ordinary. Like remember that Ron Lily episode where it was basically, I still don't know what the hell that was, but I was. Do you think this episode is up there with episodes like that? I don't think so. You might have to ask me in about another three weeks to see, you know, let yes. it marinate a little bit and everything. But I feel I do like episodes like these where it's just it's not out of the ordinary, but it's you know it's other people. It's a bit different to the the others in that sense. But yeah, who should we start with? Because oof, I I mean we'll definitely end with we'll definitely end with Noho Hank because he had a had a pretty rough episode as well. I guess we'll start with um, Fuchs then. Okay, start with the simplest. That makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, he's not really... Kind of, what he, all he did this episode was scream and get beaten up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just, uh, yeah, Fuchs, gone. <laughs> 
So what's I guess they're what's his deal well, then? What do you think? What do you make I of Fuchs right now? At this point, because like I thought, you know, the scene where he comes out and everyone's having lunch and they look at him. I thought there would be some sort of acknowledgement, like, "Oh, you really didn't give up on your guy, so we can trust you." If you know, if push comes to shove, and he would get some respect for that in in, in prison, but there was just no acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Like literally, they all they look at him. He starts eating, and literally everyone just goes Carries back on to with their own so thing. Like yeah, exactly. It's like those scenes in Miss Maisel when Joe comes downstairs to the like to the like the downstairs of his club. And everyone pauses, and once he goes, he just continues. Mm-hmm. It's and at the same, yes, yeah, so I don't know what to make of it. Like everyone in prison is aware of the situation between Fuchs and Barry, mm-hmm. and all the guards, all the staff think that Fuchs is somehow involved in Barry's escape. Although they also know, they also think he was responsible for sending assassins. Yeah. So they want to know at least you know something about Barry. So tell us what you know, mm-hmm. and he's not given that up, even if realistically he's not giving up because he doesn't know <laughs> um it's like they're really challenging us like are you sure you don't want to feel sorry for fuchs like how do you yeah. f- do you feel do you feel sorry for fuchs yeah. i still hate fuchs i still but hate like, fuchs as well <laughs> but this episode uh, you know when okay you punish the guy now mm-hmm. he's in prison that's about it there's like there's nothing left. It's like, it's There's enough, no isn't it? joy. Yeah, exactly. There's no joy in that anymore. Or maybe there is. Because the thing is, I still don't trust Fuchs. I still don't see a thing where, after this, Fuchs now has this huge redemption arc where we all like, you know, I don't, I don't, like, I just think that's where he is. People are reacting to the fact that this is what they think he's done. Mm-hmm. And now, he just has to live with it. Or we'll see where he ends up next episode because maybe maybe something will be picked up from that launch scene that we just haven't they just haven't had time to explore yet. Yeah, we do have four episodes left, it's worth mentioning. So I mean that's what two hours or I mean to be fair, the final episode might be something a bit longer. So we do have a bit of time for that redemption arc. Mm-hmm. He's already kind of hit his lowest right now, so we shall see what and he's still in prison as well, so Yeah. I don't know, would he break out or would he break a deal with the FBI going forward to get himself out of there because I mean you'd expect that he just wouldn't stay in jail would you yeah like if Barry made it out then perhaps Fuchs as well would somehow at some point make it out too Mm -hmm. yeah I mean to be fair like episode 3 ended with a bang like I was not expecting that at all like I knew it was coming but I was still like oh shit like this is pretty insane and Obviously, seeing all the, the cameo from Fred Armisen was pretty interesting as well. Yeah. As the shitty assassin. Um, but you guys probably spoke about that last week. So, yeah, yeah, I guess that, you know, this episode was sort of the aftermath of all of that. And, yeah, Barry escaped. Escaped, escaped, escaped. Um, let's move on to... Realized, I just realized Banky is true. Banky is what? Because, like, if... If they had two guys on the podcast, right? One of them died in episode three. Yeah. For the rest of that show, if Ernesto decides to go on with his podcast, he's going to have a new partner. Banky is not here today and you're here. That makes me Ernesto. <laughs> but I don't know. I think, I think you'd make an, a, a good podcast slash podcaster slash assassin on the side. You think I would make a good assassin? What, what are you trying to say? <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, you know, so, I just said, I just said one thing and 
you know, that was it. But fair enough. You know, fair enough. Don't take it as a compliment or don't take it as a <laughs> take it take it however you want to take it. But um <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. But just don't hire two guys at a podcast, guys. Gene. Gene, Gene, Gene. Um I really don't like this guy, man. I he's been really ticking me off the entire season. <laughs> Like is it? I find him hilarious. It's but I felt sorry for, almost sorry for him this episode. It's like, um, I mean, it's because of him. Like that guy, <laughs> the Vanity Fair guy, um, Lon. That's what his name is. He's speaking like German yeah. now. I was like, where the hell did that come from? And like, he's been sent to Big Bear, which is kind of like you know, middle of nowhere in California, to. Mm take shelter and everything and he's fucking paranoid isn't he he's freaking yeah, out understandably what do you what do you think of gene in this episode i think gene i don't even know where to begin because like everyone's responding to the news of barry differently and the one thing you pick up in this episode is people kind of at their worst selves mm-hmm. maybe because even everything they see wrong in Barry they like Loki somehow they kind of adopt them too um, Gene at the time that he's being dumped doesn't know that Barry has escaped but he is still because he wants his story or whatever he still feels abandoned mm-hmm. by the people that are close to him in a sense mm-hmm. um he's asking questions like oh can i do this can i do that and it's like bro can you just keep quiet and don't destroy the case for mm-hmm. now? but i get it at the same like someone like gene that's going to be incredibly difficult to do mm-hmm. it's just the thing that i found i mean it's typical gene like the scene where he shoots um and he runs away and he feels like he's done something positive for himself. Um, when that realization hits him, when he like, it, it will probably break him. Mm-hmm. But I'm also wondering why he didn't check the body. And that, that's when I'm like, Gene, don't be stupid. Like it's, it, it's fair enough that you were jumpy and you did something incredibly stupid by just shooting without actually seeing who's there. But you've also run away and you've not even checked to see if the person that you think you shot is dead. Like you just, you, you're like, fuck you and run away. Like, that doesn't help. And it's one of those things. You can't expect Gene to really think with sense in a situation like that. But Gene really expected Barry to come in through the front door. That was dumb. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess you're kind of, I do agree with you there on how this is going to, I think this is probably destroy him. Like this will probably lead him to how he felt after um, his forgotten woman's name but her Janice yeah after she died and when he was just completely distraught but this time he hasn't got his son to help him out he doesn't really have anybody to help him out this time so he is pretty much screwed as well yeah but do you think Leo's dead because it it looked like the bullet was a right shoulder thing as opposed to something I mean if the problem is Gene didn't go check so he might bleed out there yeah I mean it might not have been a fatal shot but because like he didn't check then that might have done it for him or I mean it could have been to the chest we didn't really see the exact location of where the bullet landed the first one we didn't see but the second one like I, I I think I, I think that was definitely a right 
kind like of right shoulder chest shoulder yeah. area it could be a long who knows but yeah it, felt, it looked like a shoulder area. A little cliffhanger or something um, and i mean but will leo forgive him to be fair though <laughs> to be fair though like it did we did the episode kind of um insinuated that he might have died but we really don't know i guess we have to sort of kind of wait yeah it's, it's one of those things it, it's possible that he did and he would somehow blame barry but he would also blame himself mm-hmm. And that's why I think it would break him. But yeah, it's that that's where you start to feel sorry for him because you understand exactly why Gene would be in this position. Mm-hmm. But Gene, you're also in this position because you are Gene. Yeah, and it's pretty it's pretty um it's pretty easy to see how like how he'd kind of just if he's like if he's dead now, how Yeah, it all kind of lead to like him sort of going ape shit on Barry eventually later on, which would be yeah. Crazy the man, you were having it so good, and you've just sort of fucked it up now, haven't you? Tough, tough, tough. Um, too, too bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could lead, kind of go from Kuzno to Sally. Um, yeah, pretty, pretty interesting episode from for Sally, don't you think? Because basically she has taken over or she, you know, emotionally abused. She used the Cuisineau, uh method of teaching and, you know, publicly abused, emotionally abused uh, students to, you know, bring the acting performance out of her. And the other students are like, mm, this is not cool. But you kind of see them, you know, they're still together. They're still, you know, she's literally tutoring her you know, in her in her acting role, what do you make of uh, of of Sally this episode? Sally, um, I don't know, because Sally, you know how Sally has some. There are parts of Sally that are just like Jean in that mm-hmm. she has that inane desire to be a star, mm-hmm. and she's coming to terms with the fact that, like Jean, she has to teach instead because no one would work with her, yeah, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that it's, it's even beyond who she is being the entitled, you know, um, it, it's even in a, a, a movie like this, or I guess a Shira knockoff or something, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like she still can't be hired because she doesn't have the look and all there's any, anything you could possibly think about, like, oh, we're doing some commentary on Hollywood. Although I don't, I've seen some reviews where people are like, oh, yeah, they're, they're doing that commentary with the whole idea of the person who made Coda made this film. Hmm. I'm thinking, yeah, that's funny, but at the same time, is there anything wrong with that? Like, shouldn't directors, if they want, be able to make, you know, Oscar winners and, like, throwaway films that they like to make at the same time? Like, that's fine. Yeah. But the point is... That's an interesting Sally's, point that you bring up. Because yeah. I kind of I had that notes down as well. It was a bit too on the nose on how, mm-hmm. you know, all these auteurs and you know, artistic filmmakers are kind of being nudged into doing more franchise movies for um, studios and everything. It's that sort of thing where studios say, one for me, one for you. So if if you want to do your own artistic vision, you have to do, you know, Transformers 50 first. I guess if you look at it that way, where those artists themselves don't want to do those movies, which is what it seems like this director falls into, then yes, that that 
probably is valid mm-hmm. like criticism to make about Hollywood. But I was looking at it more like at the end of the day, there are probably some directors who would want to, who wouldn't mind. And I guess, yeah, if the opportunity is there for people to do whatever they want, then great. But if it's a thing where it's like, yeah, one for me, one for mm-hmm. you, then there we have a problem. Yeah. But the reason I bring that up is because Sally has pretty much always been the character that they use to sort of put this magnifying glass to Hollywood, whether it's with Banshee or <laughs> let me not say any names. But like you should probably like scribble that last part out. <laughs> but whether it's Banshee or any other um streaming network or whatever you, you try to parody at that point, mm-hmm. uh Sally has always been the character that has been used for things like that. And she's in that state now. She's in this point in her career where she can help other people. Mm-hmm. And honestly, she's not bad at it. Mm-hmm. She just wants it for herself. She goes as far as trying to take it for herself when she realizes this girl is not like doing the rule. Yeah, that was pretty but shitty. Even, I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh, of course it was. I, when she when she when she started speaking, I was like, Sally, no, Sally, no, don't do this. And I was almost thinking it might work. And I was like, I can't believe it, but like, I'm glad it didn't. Yeah. But it just took Sally further into where she is now. And this is where I'm thinking. This is where I'm coming now. Um. All the characters are dealing with the news of Barry. At this point, Sally doesn't know. But when Sally finds out, Sally seems to be depressed at this point, just realizing that Hollywood has defeated her. Mm-hmm. So it's like, is Barry, let's go. Is that like, a, let's get out of here? Or it's obviously, it, to me, it doesn't seem like a let's go. Like, I don't want you here. I'm going to take you to the police. It seems more like, okay, Hollywood has defeated me. I don't want to be here anymore because people won't take me for what I am. Mm-hmm. People won't take me in a certain way that I don't want to be. So I'm just, I'm just going to leave. And it's worth noting, like in one of the previous episodes, it might have been episode one or two, when she went to see him in jail and she was like, I felt, or I think she did it saying that she felt protected while she was around him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like she kind of knows the shitty things that she, that Barry did at the end of the day, but, but she still kind, or she still feels safe around him, which is quite ironic, but makes a bit of sense as well. And I think it's like you just mentioned, like there's nothing else in Hollywood for her. Um, I mean, to be fair, if you kind of bring it back to when she was trying to snatch that role out of her, um, out of her um, students' um, yeah. grasp just there and then. I was kind of like, hold on, is she actually doing this? Oh, she is doing this. She actually is doing this. Then thankfully, you know, Sean Hader was like, uh, yeah, can you do this? That was amazing. But can we have her do this? And I was like, okay, thank God. She didn't actually, she'd actually win this time. <laughs> that's what I, that's exactly how I saw it too. It was like, thank God it didn't happen. But how, how is that going to affect the relationship with her teacher, with a student who didn't even realize that's what Sally was doing? Yeah. But it's like, can you teach me that? Like, she's so, she's, she's essentially the way Sally was to Jean and to, to a certain extent Barry. Sally saw them as teachers and was willing to put herself through anything. Mm-hmm. And maybe Sally's even seen herself in her, in the student that way. I can't remember her name. Um, but like, I remember the name of the movie for whatever reason. But like, She's seen herself in her that week because she can't see that Jean would have done the same thing to her when she was Jean's student. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way that this student isn't seeing that that's what Sally is doing to her. She's still like, you're amazing. I want to learn from you. Yeah. Teach me. I mean, 
yeah, I mean, to be fair though, Sally was, has been the only one to bring, you know, some kind of emotional acting response from her. So I guess, you know, she's doing something right. Fair. And, um, <laughs> there was a point, <laughs> there was a point in, uh, though, I think, I think she asked, um, student to think about the last time you sacrificed yourself and she said my last boyfriend was 5-3 and I was like oh my gosh what an attack on on all the short kings because <laughs> um, that was just not necessary man not necessary it's one of those things where they always remember that this is still a comedy because just earlier like when she when she left the stage mm-hmm. when she left the scene you could like I remember thinking she's so tall and it's like, it's very clear. Like they, they made sure you saw how tall it, she was just to deliver that line. And it was gold to me. Well, it was perfect at the time on the second watch mm-hmm. anyway, but it was like, cause at first I was thinking, really, that's your sacrifice. But also from Sally's perspective, she's like, okay, the character is going through something where she has to sacrifice herself. So think about a time where you had to sacrifice yourself. And I'm like, is that it? I mean, whatever works for you, <laughs> like, works for you to bring out the, you know, the, the acting response, but like, come on, man. <laughs> like I'm sure Come you can on. say something better. Oh man, I guess that was the first thing that came to her mind, and uh, yeah, I mean, what did you feel about this season? That we've had quite a couple of cameos, haven't we? Yeah, but I'm usually not the person that recognizes them um, until someone tells me. I mean, like, to be fair, like out. last um, last week, it was you, you couldn't miss Guillermo del Toro, could you? That was the most uh, obvious one. And I think the Fred Armisen character, I think yeah. he was a bit, um, he did a bit of work, but if you look closely, you can recognize him. And Sean Hader, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people watch Coda, but I don't think a lot of people know the actual director of Coda. Yeah. So, I mean, who was the last acting celebrity you met? Met as an on the show? No, no, just in general. Act. I don't think I've ever no. music, but like acting. No, I don't. I don't. I met Sweeney last night, actually. You probably have met more like musical acts. I mean, because you. Oh yeah, a lot of you them, go to like, a lot of gigs after shows and stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, I met Sweeney and Monty Booker last night, and that was really cool. Nice, nice. Um, I, f- I mean, I guess it's no her Hank left in it, and I think he was the big. The big winner of the episode, wasn't he? He had the, he was like the main meal. Um, I mean, he's he's treating um the gang to a good R and R, good shindig session, and at the start of the episode, he's properly stressed. Was it? Is it because he knows Barry has escaped, or because he thinks Barry's dead? I think it's because of what he knows he has to do. Because they did, they did say Barry escaped from prison, mm-hmm. and then that's when Christopher delivers the, that's what happens when you hire two guys on podcast. And Christopher is trying to get him <laughs> to, like, just enjoy what he's built here and forget about street. You know, Christopher, our little life coach, is like, forget about all your worries. Just let's, we'll figure all that out later. Yeah. But he's also kind of worried because he knows what he's signed up for to deal with the fact that Barry, obviously we don't know this at the time, mm-hmm. but to deal, it, it does feel like he's stressed about Barry until we really see until why he's see. stressed. Yeah. Like he is because of what he knows that he's going to do, which potentially will also break Christopher. And he doesn't know how to address that. Yeah, and he was kind of, he had this like, I mean, it was a really good performance from 
um guy who plays Novak, I always forget his name. Yeah. And just I mean, kind of see that like conflicted look on his face all through the episode and he was really, really selling it. And I think one of the things I picked up, sorry to put no, current, again, current. is like so last episode, Barry and Hank have this I guess this big rift. Um which is still one sided because it's really just Hank realizing how Barry has seen him all along. Yeah. Um but it still brings us back to like season two where Hank is convinced that him and Barry are the same. Mm-hmm. And I was picking up this episode in that scene where Christopher and Hank are conversing that really that wasn't just an off comment. There's a lot of similarities in the way Barry and Hank um, operate, um, particularly with the people that they claim they love, mm-hmm. um, even down to some things in the dialogue that I put down, but we'll get to that. We'll get to those as yeah. well. Like, but yeah, Hank, Hank goes through a lot, but again, my focus was on Cristobal because I just felt like it was mean to have Cristobal. I mean, it made sense visually and also just from a storytelling perspective to have Cristobal survive what he survived mid episode mm-hmm. only to still meet the end that he did, which is why I think it, like he had the worst time. Like, yeah, he had, yeah, you could have, you could definitely say that. I mean, I was, when I was, when they had that big argument, right? Because Cristobal was obviously really upset about how Hank has eliminated all the henchmen because he's, you know, got Chechen muscle and support now. And because Cristobal is like, he's trying to go to JIT and Hank is a bit like, are you out of mind? And it's like, you kind of forget. Cause I was like, I mean, you're a criminal, aren't you, Cristobal? Like, what are you saying? But. He's a criminal that was a criminal because he was in. I don't know. I don't. I don't even want to preempt his, uh, his motivations. But even when we were introduced to him, he feels like, like I said, I always see him as this life coach, this "Hi guys, let's be friends" type of person, which is the persona he gives. But usually, when you see a show like that, you think that that person has that persona in the front and they're like ruthless. But mm-hmm. there was never any point in Crystal's journey that he felt like. Like they, they, they portrayed him as ruthless the whole time. They portrayed him as, yes, like, of course he is. He's happy he's and, the uh, head. Yeah. Um, he's the head of a crime family. <laughs> yes. Well, kind of, because Elena was still there yeah, at the time. Yeah. But, um, there was that, but he's still this happy guy, kind of like Hank as well. Mm-hmm. Hank was also, in a sense, soft, according to Barry and a bunch of other people. They kept calling Hank soft and Hank, which is part of Hank's motivation here. Hank is showing that he's not soft like everyone else thinks and he can do the hard thing mm-hmm. because that's what it's going to take to lead um, and be the number one guy in LA. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, that was a really good kind of back and forth between both of them. And you sort of think, you know, are they actually breaking up? No, actually, to be fair, Let's go back to the to the sand pits because I was a bit like, what the hell is going on here? What the hell is going on here? Then I saw Chris Paul go down. And I was like, oh my gosh, shit, is Chris Paul dead? Is he actually dead? He can't really go out like this. Then obviously he got saved and everything. Then he kind of realized what was going on. What's going that on. was the first time I realized just how dark this episode was going to get. I thought that was it for like, I didn't realize Chris Paul, you know, and the way he did. But at that point, I thought, oh no, Hank 
wow, like he had no idea. I thought this would break Hack because he would kill Christopher by accident. Mm-hmm. But then, if we just for a moment go back to talking about Bill Hader's like filming and directing, use of sound, and this time the absence of visuals to just perfectly yeah. capture the darkness of being buried alive. I like I was in awe because you really felt like the you you genuinely felt like you were with Cristobal potentially dying and then you hear the sound of like Cristobal where are you Cristobal I'm coming I'm coming mm-hmm. and what I picked up in that scene as well was when ba- when what Banky was saying in the episode one um uh recording was about how uh Cristobal probably sees Hank as the savior mm-hmm. because. Hank literally went to Bolivia for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Hank went to Bolivia for him and killed a tiger or something yeah. and killed Stabbed loads a hand, of people, saved him from electroshock t- therapy, killed Elena. Hank, uh, Cristobal probably feels protected and safe with Hank. And I, I was going to mention that similarity with Barry and Sally as well. Mm-hmm. And literally in that scene, you see that that is true. Cristobal does really love Hank and he does see Hank as a savior, which is why in that moment he's calling for Hank, please save me. Mm-hmm. And Hank does do that. But right then and there, the person he's looked up to as the savior is also now revealed to be like, pure evil ruthless yeah the same way sally generally felt safe with barry then she realized what she realized what barry was capable of and she realizes damn he's evil Hmm. like there's a lot of similarities with what hank is going through now and what barry has already gone through and sally yes that's 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 a good shot i mean to be fair like you kind of you know it's black it's a black comedy show, but it's still, there's still that black element on where things can get really, really dark sometimes. And kind of like, oh shit, oh shit, I can't believe this is actually happening right now. And yeah, I mean, kind of towards the end, he had to, you know, when they break up and, you know, you sort of think, is he actually going to, you know, you're kind of, fingers crossed, is he actually going to let Crystal walk away and, you know, live a nice, peaceful life away from crime? Like, nope, he has already, um, f- you know, well, his henchmen have already kind of f- finished them off, and that's the end of. It. I wonder what happens to Noho Hank now in terms of does because he's literally the king of LA now, isn't he? So does it just become this ruthless, yes. you know, kingpin? Maybe, maybe. But again, this is where we bring him back to Barry because for me, this was one of the most heartbreaking scenes I've seen mm-hmm. in this season. Um, because yeah, the way. Like, when he kept saying, no, 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 you don't understand. I love you. You can't leave. And obviously, we already heard what the elder had said. Uh, it was either Andrea or Bati. Was it Bati? Leave that to you. But, like, um, the elder had already said, as long as you're part of our family. And then you see what Hank is saying. You're like, no. And then they close the door and you're like, shit. Yeah. Because in that moment, Hank is probably feeling the same way Barry did when he had to take out Chris. Yeah. Because he didn't want to. He genuinely wanted things to work with Chris, but Chris. But that's a fantasy that just we, can't work, can it? Like, yeah, and it's the same thing here because Hank is also deluded mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, Christopher, I have this in the notes somewhere. Actually, let me just make sure I get yeah. it. Because Christopher does ask him like what he thought would happen. Like he thought that he would do all this and Christopher would just go along. Everyone is waiting to see if Christopher would just go along with it. But like, what did you think would happen? And that's again kind of like the same delusion that Barry has with the people that he loves, that if they find out who he is, mm-hmm. maybe they'll still just accept it because his intentions were pure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah and it's... Hmm, what do you think? Do you think, like, the show would have much darker, um, like, tone throughout the rest of the season? I think it's possible, because for one, um, it, like, this episode really just slowly degraded into darker and darker, and then we meet Jim. So what's happening? Yeah, there? what's, oh yeah, because he's outside the house, isn't he? Exactly. Oh my gosh, I literally. So like, I do feel like we, we're done with the dark. Like everything, all these scenes end on a very silent note. Um, Sally realizing Barry has escaped. Um, Gene shooting Leo. Christopher dying. Everyone is just things. worse off. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I'm saying like, Hank has realized what he has to do, but I think it still gets darker. I could be, well, I hope I'm not wrong because it would make sense. Like, I think it still gets darker for a lot of people. I'm worried again as well for Sally and Barry. Like, you know, where are they going yeah, as well? I just don't really see, I just don't really see a happy ending for Barry. I'm not going to lie. These next couple- At this point, no. But we're also seeing like the, fallout with all the other characters it's more than um sorry it's more than the fact that barry is a bad person mm-hmm. we're now starting to see all the other characters deal with the fact that they themselves are bad people yeah um christopher literally calls um uh what's his name he literally calls hank a psychopath at some point and he He's like, yeah, like it's the exact same. Like all the things you love me for mm-hmm. are the things you're not calling psycho, like psychopathic behavior or whatever the word is. Um, and even everything down to, like, this is what I mean. Like with the similarities between Barry and Hank, it almost felt like they just lifted some of the things from Barry and Kusino early yeah. season three into this conversation with Crystal. Because then at some point, remember when Barry brought. Um, Kusino to the to the set of that production and got him a role and then um he's like Mr. Kusino what do you say thank you and then yeah. Mr. Kusino was like thank you mm-hmm. and it was like the exact same intonation with um Hank saying Christopher our friends are leaving mm-hmm. um even everything where he's like saying I love you Mr. Kusino I love you Mr. Kusino I love you Mr. Kusino at the start of the season and Mr. Kusino is just there it's the same thing Hank is saying I love you Christopher but Christopher wants nothing to do with him and that's why I mean like. But Hank at this point is probably realizing in his in his journey to show how hard and not soft he is and how ruthless he can be mm-hmm. doing the hard things to protect himself, he's probably just like Barry. They're more alike than, than they seem, which is funny because like they had that phone call yeah. the episode before where they kind of sort of broke things off or Hank, you know, cut him off. But I feel like it's just things are going to all, you know, converge and lead them back together in the next couple of episodes. And yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Every single character right now is at their worst. And it's just like, <laughs> I don't know where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we shall, I guess we shall see. That's why I watch the episodes, isn't it? But yeah, yeah that was a, it was a good, it was a good episode. It was a dark episode, but you know, it can't all be black comedy sometimes. And obviously he did that good thing of being entertaining but obviously also advancing story which is kind of what we all enjoy on the popcorn for dinner podcast um yeah i think we can leave it there for barry honestly yeah season four episode four it takes a psycho i mean yeah 
everyone in this show is a psychopath, I guess. At this point. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Obviously, um, anyway, guys, don't forget to, you know, rate, review, subscribe in all our platforms. We are really, really grateful for you guys, you know, sticking with us with all our TV shows coming up, Succession, Barry, um, and all the other ones as well. Um, Yellow Jackets, there we go. Yellow Jackets oh, yeah. and Rain Dogs as well. I think there's like four ones we have like, uh, coming up right now. Obviously we have like, um, more, um, programs that we're going to be, um, covering as well coming forward. Um, yeah, that was, that was Barry. I am, I am Jibs and yeah, thanks a lot, Jerry, for coming through. Anytime. And I guess we'll talk to you guys next week when we have Sydney Sweeney on the show. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye, guys.